0: Let's get right into our word this morning. Seizing the moment, seizing the moment. One of my favorite stories. I said that last Sunday, but this is a good story. Mark chapter ten, begin verse number forty six. Says when they came to Jericho, as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus the son of Timaeus sat by the road begging. And when he heard, that's important. Heard. Everybody say heard. heard. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus. Son of God, or Son of David, have mercy on me. Then many warned him to be quiet. But he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then then they called the blind man, saying to him, Be of good cheer, rise, he's calling you. And throwing aside, notice this verse here, very important. Throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. So Jesus answered and said to him, what do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, "Rabbi, I, that I may receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith, your faith Come on. has made you well. Amen. And immediately, everybody say immediately. immediately. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. May the Lord add his blessing to his word this morning. Don't you just love that story? I mean, we love stories of how Jesus intervened in the normal course of a person's life and changed them forever. See, I I firmly believe that at any moment, we can have a divine encounter with God that changes the trajectory of our life. In fact, if you think about when you were born again, that's exactly what happened. When you were born again, Paul described us as being dead in our trespasses and sin, but when Christ came into our life, we were made alive. We were quickened and our life changed. Paul, again, writing to the Corinthian believers, said, if any man is in Christ Jesus, he is a a new creation. Old things have passed away, all things have become new. I love those types of stories. I love the intervention of God into the normal affairs of life. Now, uh, I've heard this phrase, and I'm sure you have too, uh, an opportunity of a lifetime. Anybody ever heard that, an opportunity of a lifetime? Listen, I've heard that most of my life. And and normally it's accompanied by a salesman telling me, I don't want to miss this. You know, it might be uh, an investor that said, I mean, think about this, you know, you look back in history and you have Bitcoin, right? Some of the digital currency and everybody talks about the opportunity of a lifetime that if you would invest, if you would have, you know, and how many know life, if is, a, life is made up of one half if, right? You know, if you had invested like a thousand dollars when Bitcoin first came out and, and, and today you would be stupid rich, you know, type thing, uh, it would, there was an opportunity. Uh, Many times people want to get you into what they call multi-level marketing, and they say, this is an opportunity of a lifetime. Well, the thing is, and, and again, it's a very persuasive phrase, is it not? You know, they try to, it's almost like they're trying to guilt you, saying, hey, you need to jump in on this, because this is an opportunity of a lifetime. If you get in on it, then you're going to exceed your expectations. But here's the truth of the matter, is that an opportunity of a lifetime must be realized in the lifetime of the opportunity. In other words, the conditions that bring the opportunity of a lifetime have an expiration date, right? Bitcoin, should have got into it 10 years ago. How I many look back and say, if I'd only done that, Apple stock, Amazon stock, if I'd only got into it, if I only did something, you know, so again, an opportunity of a lifetime is only realized when you when you seize the moment in that lifetime you you other words again there's it's not going to go on indefinitely you know the bible encourages us to discern the times and the seasons in fact jesus in luke 19 the bible says that jesus stood and he wept over jerusalem because they did not recognize the day of their visitation in other words they did not understand their moment in time and Jesus rebuked them because of that. And if you know the history, of course, of after Jesus was crucified, they were destroyed not, not, not many years afterwards. Again, it was a lifetime. There was an opportunity of a lifetime. The Messiah that they had long awaited for was right there in front of them, who lived among them, walked and did miracles around them, and yet they did not discern the moment of their visitation. I'm a firm believer that God has a plan and a purpose for every one of us. You've heard me say this for years and years, almost 30 years of in this church. In fact, in two weeks, it'll be 29 years. We'll celebrate 29 years. You've heard me say this, that every one of us have been born on purpose with purpose, regardless of the circumstance of our birth. I know we live in a culture, again, because we have been in a culture that has celebrated death. There are a lot of people today that were told that you were an accident, that you were, <coughs> pardon me, that you were unplanned, that you were a mistake. I'm here to tell you that's a lie from the pit of hell itself because you were born on purpose with purpose. God has a a purpose for each of us. Every one of us has been created with a destiny that that was established before we were ever born. But here's the reality is that there are many, many, many people today who miss their defining moments and they're relegated to a life of mediocrity. I want to say that again. I believe that we're all born with a destiny in mind. Hebrew, excuse me, Ephesians chapter 2 tells us that we were, we're God's workmanship created in advance with things to do. That's my, my paraphrase. We have a destiny that God has, has, has wired us for. Hebrews said, run the race, your race, my race, we all have a race. But the reality is that many people sitting today in good fundamental Bible-believing t- teaching churches miss out on their defining moments and they relegate themselves to a life of mediocrity. Uh, And here's how I know, because I've met so many people in over 30 years of ministry that have have regrets because they missed opportunities. They missed the opportunities that came their direction uh, for the man in our text. This was his defining moment. No matter what else is said about Bartimaeus, blind Bartimaeus, this was a defining moment. This was a moment in time and space that would alter his life for the rest of his life and he could have missed it. It would be a day that changed his life forever. Now, what was blind Bartimaeus? The Bible tells us he was a beggar. He was a beggar who would sit outside the city in order to beg alms of others to earn a, a, a living. Now, we're not told the reason for his blindness. You know, We don't know if he was born blind or became blind as he grew, but for whatever reason, he was a blind beggar who set out outside the gates of the city of Jericho on the road that leads to Jerusalem. Now that's a very interesting thing. I want you to picture this. Jericho, we stayed there several, a few years ago. We actually stayed one night in Jericho when we were in the Holy Land tour. Jericho is known as the city of defeat, okay? Now I want you to see the imagery that the Bible gives in this story. Jericho is known as the city of defeat because that is the first city that the children of Israel conquered when they came into the promised land that God had given to them, Jesus, in our text, is coming out of Jericho. He'd been there doing ministry. He's coming out of Jericho, the city of defeat, on his way to Jerusalem. Jerusalem is known as the city of peace. Okay? So now think about this. You have blind Bartimaeus who is sitting just outside of defeat on the road to peace. Now think about this. How many believers today find themselves in the exact same spot. They're sitting between defeat and peace. Oh, they're not, they're not in total defeat. They're just outside the gate. I mean, they, they've had some victories, okay? They've had a, a few skirmishes and they've won. I mean, they, 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 there have been some victories. They have defeated some giants. They have overcome some habits and they've overcome some trials and maybe, maybe they've triumphed over a few temptations. They're not quite in defeat, but they're not in peace. They're somewhere in between. They've come out of the defeat, but they've never entered into the city of peace. And I truly believe in Western culture scattered throughout the body of Christ are faithful believers. They're committed to God. They're committed to the church. They sit in church pews. They sing church songs. They talk the church, the church talk. I get tongue tied with that one. They talk the church talk, but they are filled with uncertainty and with doubt. Somewhere between defeat and peace, they're faithful, but they're not fulfilled. They're saved from their sins, but they're not satisfied in their souls. And again, this is the this is the restlessness that we see exhibited in many many believers today. We we jump from here to there to there to there, trying to find something to to satiate our our appetites, well we can't find anything. We're unfulfilled. We're we're, we're full of uncertainty and doubt. The world's talking a talk, and, 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 and because we've not, we, we're just outside of the defeat, we're not quite into the peace yet. We're still struggling our way through life. That's where a lot of people find themselves today. And the problem is, they're, they're spiritual beggars is what they are. We've got a lot of uh, believers that are sitting in good churches that are spiritual beggars, always looking to someone else to supply what they lack. They go here, and they get what, the, what, that, what that place offers, and then after a while, it's not satisfying. So then they move on to another place, and they get what they're offering, and it doesn't satisfy, and then they go to another place and to another place, and it's a constant revolving door. They're always looking. They go here because they're looking for someone to, to, to fulfill what they are lacking in themselves. It's someone else's responsibility to make them happy. It's someone else's responsibility to make them feel good about themselves. They're always looking to other people to affirm them, for others to compliment them, for others to give to them, rather than them give and be the blessing. See, the problem is they sit spiritually between defeat and peace. And even though they have some spiritual victories in their lives, they never get to the place where the joy of the Lord is their strength. See, that's where we find the modern believer today. God has brought them through the fire and the flood, but they've never entered into their destiny because they just got outside of defeat and they've camped there. And today, the truth be known, there are many people in the Western church that have sit that are just sitting outside there. They, I don't, don't want to. This is not a hard message. I'm just simply saying there, there comes a time when we've got to seize the moments that come our way. See, Barnabas was sitting outside of that. Like so many of us, he's there. He's a beggar. He's a physical beggar because he can't see. There's a lot of people today that are maybe watching, maybe even here today that are spiritual beggars. We're looking for the next fix, the next high spiritually. And we're just sitting there. We're not, we've not entered into the peace that surpasses understanding. We're just sitting there. We're not turning the world upside down as the early believers did. We're just sitting there. We're not making disciples of all people. We're just sitting there. Just outside of defeat, here's the thing about Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus heard about Jesus. <laughs> See, that's the starting point right there. We got to hear that there's a better way. So that's why I'm saying in our world today, in our society, that there's so many people that have been deceived. the The, the prince and power of the air has done a very good job of making this case to deviate from the word of God. They're confused. They don't know truth. The starting point is we need to tell them about a man, but not only do we need to tell them, we need to show, I knew a man, come see a man who, you remember the lady at the well? She went back into town and said, hey, come see a man. She didn't get up on a soapbox and preach. She didn't jump up there and tell them how bad they were and how they were going to hell. She just said, hey, come see a man who's told me everything I've ever done. Just come see him. But we sit there. We sit there. See, Bartimaeus had heard about this man named Jesus. He, what did he hear? Well, obviously he heard that he was healing the sick and raising the dead. And, and, and no doubt he probably heard that blind eyes were being opened and deaf ears were being unstopped and the lame were walking and the dumb were talking. And, and here's what it was. He knew that this was his opportunity. This was his opportunity. Maybe the only opportunity that he would have to be healed. So you know what? He was seizing the moment. He was not going to let the moment pass him by. See, at some point we got to get tired of sitting just outside of defeat with the peace right there for us. Sometimes, some, at some point, we've got we've to be sick and tired of being sick and tired and say, you know what? I'm not, what? What did three lepers say? Why sit we here until we die? There's an abundance over there. Why do we sit here and die? And I'm saying to the church, look around the field is white in the harvest. Why do we sit here until we die? Church, we must not miss our moment. Listen, there are going to be many opportunities, okay? I, I believe that. There'll be many opportunities that we can achieve God's will. There'll be many opportunities uh, for greatness because God is a God of second chances. But listen to me, this moment right now will not come this way again. It will not happen. This is the moment. How many times have you gone home from church and said, you know, I should have gone forward for prayer. You ever done that? I should have gone forward for prayer. That was a missed opportunity. Or how many times have you passed up an opportunity to share Christ with someone and all you could think about is, I really wish I would have said something. See, that's what I'm talking about. Those are moments that we must seize. Every day you and I could be the answer to someone's prayer and if we're not walking circumspectly, if we're not walking with the awareness that we are the anointed of the Lord and that he sent us out into the world, then we may miss those moments of divine encounter where we can be the answer to someone else's prayer. Maybe you felt compelled to help someone who was down and out, but you didn't do it. Maybe you felt the urging of the Holy Spirit to give a certain amount in the the offering, but you held back. And you reason that, oh, well, there'll be other altar calls, and there'll be other people that I can help, and there'll be other offerings. But listen to me, this moment will not come back. This precise moment will not be here again. And we as a church and we as individuals must seize the moment that we have right now. This specific opportunity, once it is passed, it is over. And see, we have to have faith to do what is right in the moment, even when we don't understand what's going on in the spiritual realm. This man was blind, he was born blind. He couldn't, think about this, he couldn't see. He couldn't see what was going on. Maybe we sit here today and maybe we can't see what, everything that God is doing. But listen to me. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. See, he's blind. He can't see what's going on. But he'd heard about a man named Jesus and he reasoned within himself, if I can just get to Jesus, then my hopes and dreams would be a reality. that's that's what's going on with him. This man could not see, but he held on to his dreams of one day being able to see. Jesus said, notice what he said. He said, your faith has made you well. In other words, your faith, what you believe. He heard the word, and, and as, we, as we unpack this a little more, he acted on what he heard. And Jesus said, because you acted on the faith that you had. See, at that moment when he heard about Jesus, there was a, a seed of faith that was deposited within him. He hadn't seen, but he'd heard about him. See, that's the starting point. Our world needs to hear about Jesus. Our communities need to hear about Jesus. Our neighbor needs to hear about Jesus. Furthermore, they need to see Jesus inside in us. Again, this man could not see, but he held out hope. Here's the thing, he couldn't see, but he could hear. He could hear, and he'd heard about a man named Jesus. Being blind, he couldn't track Jesus down. In other words, he, he could, sitting outside the city, he didn't, he just heard about him. Heard the commotion but he couldn't track him he, he wasn't like the, the the woman with the issue of blood she determined that if i can just get to jesus touch the hem of his garment i'll be well what did she do she made a beeline for jesus pushed through the crowd reached out she tracked him this man was blind he was not like zacchaeus who drew, who climbed up in a tree to see jesus just trying to get a glimpse he couldn't see he couldn't track him he was blind he, but he but he could hear and he heard about this man jesus All he could could do was hope that one day Jesus would pass by. Well, guess what? This was his day. This was his moment. Again, I believe every one of us will have a defining moment at least once in our lifetime. And it will be the determining factor whether you go on to tap in to what John said in John 10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I am come that you might have life and have it in all of its fullness. I believe that there's a defining moment that all of us will have, whether we're going to tap into the abundant life that Jesus came to give us, or we live in relegated mediocrity. We have a defining moment. One day, his hopes and dreams were about to become reality because he heard that this man Jesus was coming his way. I not you to imagine, have you ever wanted something so much that you got giddy? You ever wanted something so bad that you literally got giddy about it? Can you imagine what this, he already had faith, okay? Because he heard about Jesus. So there was something deposited in him. So there, there was, there was a, a, a glimmer of hope, if you will, inside of him already. So can you imagine how he must have felt that day when he's sitting outside the feet not quite into peace, but he's outside of defeat, and he hears that Jesus is about to pass him by. Don't you imagine that all the doodads went up and down his spine, and there was something that just started flipping over and over and over in his stomach? He was excited. Let me ask you: How many time, have you ever had that occasion where you walked into church and you didn't know what was going on, but you knew there was something stirring inside of you before you ever got in the building? There was just something about that day, that moment. See, that was a moment. That was a defining moment. That was a moment that we needed to seize. See, this man's faith took the word that he'd heard about Jesus, and he turned it into action. What did he do? He started crying out to Jesus. See, so what did he do? He wasn't wasn't just hearing it. Now he's doing something about it. My my thing to you this morning, what I want to say is, maybe you've not seen anything yet. Yet. Maybe you've been waiting on your moment. Maybe God has whispered his plans and purposes into your ear. Faith comes by, again, hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. And, 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 but what we do is we take the faith and the word that we've heard, and now we put it into action. What the Bible say faith without works is what? It is dead. D-E-A-D, dead. <laughs> Door, hammer, dead. This man hears it. And now he acts on it. He said, son of David, have mercy on me. You know, again, James said, We're, we have to be doers of the word and not hearers only. I mean, think about it. When you hear the word of the Lord, think about this. When you hear what you cannot see, your faith must now become an action. When you hear what you cannot see, your faith now must translate into an action. Think about, think about uh, what Elijah did, uh, what Elijah told Ahab in 1 Kings chapter 18. Remember what he said to him? He said, get up, eat, and drink. Why? For I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. Got to understand, they've been in a drought for, kind of feel like I want to go outside today and say the same thing, right? <laughs> they've been in a drought for three and a half years, all because this knucklehead here had turned against the Lord. And Elijah told him, said, it ain't going to rain until I say it rains again. And they had this showdown, and, and he's up there on the mountain praying, you know the story, and he keeps looking out, and he finally, way off on the horizon, the distance, he sees, a, he sees a small, minuscule cloud, and it gets, all of a sudden, something starts happening inside of him. He said, hey, I'm telling you, man, get up, eat, and drink, because I hear the sound. See, so he couldn't see it, but he heard there was something coming, and that's what I'm telling you this morning. Move, uh, move on the message. When God gives you a word, when the message of the Holy Spirit comes and speaks into your life, seize the moment and move on what he said, because if you don't, you'll miss the opportunity. It'll pass you by. When your moment comes, you've got to move or you're going to miss it. The blind man, think about it. The blind man heard the word, faith was birthed, and then he began to cry out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Listen, some people don't hear what you hear. Furthermore, some people don't want to hear what you hear. I mean, they may sit in the same service. They may sing the same songs. They may hear the same sermon, but they don't hear what you hear. I mean, that's why you can get 300 people in a building, hear the same sermon, sing the same songs, and go home with a different perspective. One one person says, man, that was an awesome message. Another person says, well, he's done better. Maybe a third one would say, kind of wasted my time today. That's how it happens. You can sit in the same building, same place, sing the same songs, hear the same message. One person hears it this way. One person hears it this way. One hears it this way. Not everybody's going to hear it the way you do because it may not be their moment. Do we understand that? They hear the same thing, but they're not hearing it the way you hear it. When this man began to cry out to Jesus, notice what happens. Many people tried to get him to hush. (laughs) See, again, not everybody wants you to find your way in the Lord. They're okay if you're born again. They're okay if you have just a tad bit of faith. They're okay if you have a tad bit of anointing, but don't get too radical on us now. You know, you don't need all that Jesus stuff. As long as you're saved, you're okay. This man wasn't, he was determined to be more than that. He didn't want to be a pew warmer. I'm, I'm taking some liberties with the text there. He didn't want to be a pew warmer. They said, hush, hush. How many times have we been, knocked down and put down because we had dreams and visions. May God give our young men and old men dreams and visions, and may God use our sons and daughters to prophesy once again. Listen, this man, many people tried to get him to shut up. This man would not allow other people what they thought about him to, 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 to cause him to miss his moment. See, I'm telling you, when that moment comes, you got to do everything you can to seize that moment. What is it? The Latin is carpe momento. you got to seize the moment because if you don't seize that moment, it will pass you on by and you'll live the rest of your life wishing that that moment was back again. This man's crying out and they're saying, hush, hush. What did he do? (laughs) Don't you love this guy? The Bible says he began to cry out all the more. What it means is he turned the volume up. He was, running about, he was running about 50, 60 decibels, but all of a sudden he just like, you know what, I'm going to cram it in. I'm going I'm to pop it out about 110 decibels. Jesus, have mercy on me. I love this. Listen, when your faith and your moment intersect in time and space, don't let anyone hold you back. Don't let anyone hold you back. Sometimes you can fast and pray and believe, and, and the answer doesn't come, but then there are moments when we know that, God, the waters are being stirred, and it's our time to step in and receive of the Lord. And when that time comes, don't hesitate, don't hold back, jump in and receive. Listen, too many people want to hang out in the shallows. It's time to get in the deep of the Lord. It's time to get out where there's no, nothing I can plant my feet on except stand on the solid rock of Christ our, our Lord. These are God moments. These are God moments when faith and destiny intersect and miracles begin to happen. When those moments come, listen, you can't let anyone talk you out of your miracle. You can't. When your moment comes, when Jesus is passing by, everything that you've hoped for and dreamed of, listen, all you've got to do is reach out in faith. We used to sing a song when I was a kid growing up Reach out and touch the Lord as He goes by. I love it. It says, You'll find that He's not too busy. To hear your hearts cry. He's passing by this moment. Your needs to supply. Reach out and touch the Lord as he goes by. Listen, this is your moment. This is your time. Jesus is in the house. The word of the Lord has been declared. And here's the thing. You can sit passively by and hope to get another moment. Or you can be desperate like the woman with the issue of blood and said, you know what, I've done everything I know to do, now I'm going to Jesus. Or you could be like the woman with the demon-possessed daughter who said, I'm not taking no for an answer. Or you could be determined like blind Bartimaeus who said, I hear him passing by and I'm going to call out to him. You could be like the Syrophoenician woman that said, even the dogs get scraps off the floor. You ever been there to that place? Listen, there have been times in my walk with the Lord where I felt so unworthy you know what my prayer was? My prayer was God. Even the dogs get some crumbs sometimes. You ever felt like that? You ever felt like, God, I, I'll be satisfied with just a crumb. I, I'm not worthy to sit at the table. You, know, you ever been there? You ever been down on yourself to the point where you didn't feel like you were worthy enough to come sit at the master's table? You felt like you were just nothing more than, than low. you were lowest of low class? There have been times I've prayed and I've just said, God, I, I know I'm not worthy and I don't deserve anything, but if the dog's got some crumbs. Please give me a crumb. I need it today. My Barnabas needed Jesus passing by. Jesus heard him. <laughs> Notice the verse there, verse 49. Jesus is coming out of ministering in the city of defeat, walks past him on the way to peace, and he hears this man calling him, what does Jesus do? He stops. That means he's paying attention. He stops and he says, go call him over here. I love what they said. These people that were hushing him now go to him and say, hey, 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 be of good cheer, rise. He's calling for you. (laughs) Again, it began with Bartimaeus. Jesus would never have stopped had he not been crying out for him. See, sometimes, because we refuse... How many things do we do without because we refuse to go to the Lord in prayer? I don't want to sing that song because you don't want to hear me sing it. But what a friend we have in Jesus, right? Bartimaeus, it began with him crying out because he knew his only hope was in Jesus. See, until we realize that Jesus is all we need, he'll just keep passing us by. These moments will just pass by. When your moment comes, you'll know it because you're going to cry out. And when you cry out, guess what? He hears you. Not only does he hear you, but now he stops and he says, come here. See, you see the exchange there? He calls, Jesus stops, and then he calls, says, come. Peter said, hey, Jesus, if that's you, bid me to come to you on the water. What did Jesus say? Come. That's what he said to Bartimaeus, Come. Come listen, these, here's my bone with modern day churches. You can't manufacture these these moments. I get so tired of people putting on dog and pony shows for for Jesus. Listen, when the genuine is in the house, you don't have to manufacture the moments. We don't need a worship team up here saying, give me a J, give me an E, give me an S, U, S. We don't need that stuff. When you have Jesus, he knows what he's doing. You're so tired of modern church where they want to manufacture moments listen when he shows up and that's a moment for you you seize the moment because you don't need anybody to lead you as a cheerleader you just you just got to seize the moment reach out and let him touch you Listen, amen go ahead that's a good place to do that John the Revelator turned around and said, hey, when I, ta- when I turned to see who it was speaking to me, he said, I saw him and I fell at his feet as a dead man. Listen, when he's in the house, you know that he's in the house. When you have that moment, you know that it's your moment and you have to seize that moment. Don't try to manufacture. Don't do carpet time just because we believe and fallen under the power of God. Don't do that kind of stuff. Because when the real gets a hold of you, he'll turn you every which way but loose. See, that moment is a destiny thing. Notice the first thing that he did, and i got to hurry up. Man, I could preach this for a while. Notice the first thing that this guy did. Verse 50. And throwing aside his garment, he rose up and he came to Jesus. Now, did you get that? So so what's the big deal? Understand this. He threw aside his beggar's garment. In those days... Beggars wore tattered, torn, worn clothes, kind of, the best way I could describe it would be like a uniform. It's like a uniform. It differentiated them. It set them apart. It let people know he's poor, he's a beggar, he needs our assistance. So his garment identified him as a beggar. He had heard about a man named Jesus. Faith was deposited in him. And then he hears that Jesus is coming out of Jericho. So now his faith that he had heard about Jesus causes him to cry out. When they hush him, he cries out even more. And now that Jesus sends a word over to him and says, Come, go get him. Tell him to come here. Says, Hey, the master wants to see you. He stands up. The first thing that he does is another level of faith. He takes off what identified what he was because he was expecting what he was about to be. Do you you see what he's doing here? Faith in action. He took off the identifier because he would no longer be, be blind Bartimaeus. Sometimes we walk around with our identity of what we used to be, and that's what keeps us on the road just outside of peace, just outside of defeat on the road to peace because we're still wearing the garments of what we used to be, an abusive person, an angry person, A critical person. The first thing, the the miracle had never happened. At least physically. It had never happened. I mean, he was still blind. But yet, when they said, Hey, the master is calling for you, his faith revved up and went another notch. And he said, Get this old garment off of me. I'm not going to be blind any longer. See, that's what I'm saying. When that moment comes, go ahead and throw off the shackles. Go ahead and throw off the ball and chain. Go ahead and get out of the prison. Go ahead and get rid of that stuff that used to define who you were. Because if you're in Christ Jesus, you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. All things have passed away. All things become new. You have a new identity in Christ Jesus. I think there's too many believers today walking around with shame, with their heads cast down uh, with shame and guilt over things that they had done that they've already been forgiven for. They're still wearing the clothes of what they used to be. And the Lord sent me today to tell you, seize the moment. This is your day. Take off that old garment of oppression and that that, that garment of despair and anguish and anxiety. Take all of that off and put on something new. I'll clothe you with a robe of my son's righteousness. That's what's going on here. Jesus answered and said to him, What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said, Rabbi, that I might receive my sight. And then Jesus said, Go your way. Your faith has made you well. And the Bible says, immediately he started seeing and he followed Jesus. He followed Jesus. Don't you see that again? He's sitting, when we met him, outside of defeat. He hears about Jesus. He calls out to Jesus. He responds. He takes off his identifier. His eyes are opened. He sees the truth, and now he follows the way to peace. It cannot happen any other way We've got so many people today that are walking around trying to find through this thing and that thing and this one and that one. Listen, when you see Jesus, you start following the way. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except by me. You can't get there any other way. And my question to you this morning, guys, come on back. Are you prepared for your moment? You ever thought about that? What if Jesus were to say to you right now, what do you want me to do for you? Oh, we all have lists, okay? But I'm, I, I'm not talking about that, you know, I, I want to win the lottery. You know, if, you, if I won the lottery, I'd give a lot of tithe. No, you've got to start tithing on what you make, and then you can, you know, that's a different sermon. No, I'm talking about life-altering. What do you need him to do in the core of who you are that will absolutely change the trajectory of your life? See I think sometimes we dream way too small because we serve a big god. What would you tell him? What do you want me to do? What do you need me to do? If this was your moment where there's an intersection of faith and destiny at the feet of Jesus, what would you say to him? Jesus, I I want to cast off this garment of anger. I want to get rid of this identifier of having a quick temper. A short fuse. I don't don't, don't want to wear this critical spirit anymore. On and on it goes. What about it? What would you do? Maybe you're here this morning and you've been sitting between Jericho and Jerusalem for so long that you've really forgotten what your dreams are. You're so used to being a spiritual beggar sitting there waiting for someone to to give you what you're lacking on the inside that you've lost sight, that in Him it is possible to have a peace that transcends understanding. You've forgotten about that. You've sat there lacking so long spiritually that you become upset when somebody receives a blessing from the Lord because you think it's unfair. But to see the reality is they opened their eyes and they've seen Jesus. They got up, threw off their identifier, and they started following the way. And you're still sitting there. Not a question about salvation. This is a question of, about destiny. What do you want him to do for you? Jesus sent me today to say don't, don't surrender to despair. You've been sitting there long enough, stir yourself up, shake, your, shake yourself up, stand up, cry out to Jesus, and receive. I'm going to say something right now. I want you guys to, to, to prepare to sing real quick. I, I'm going to say something, I know it's going to be misinterpreted, but I don't mean it this way. I prayed about this service because I really this, this the last Sunday morning the Lord laid this on my heart that there's so many of us sit, sit and we miss our opportunities for this reason for that reason and we never quite make it to where where He wants us to be. As they sing, I I I, I want us to do nothing but let them sing a worship song. And, and again, I'm going to say this. I'm going to be misunderstood. And I don't, mean, I, don't, I don't mean this in the way it may come across. But this is a time individually. Not times for gifts of the Spirit, this, that, and the other. This is a time for you and the Lord. I want us, the Bible says, be still and know. I want us to be quiet in Him. I know they're going to sing, most people are uncomfortable with Silence. I'm going to ask them to sing it. I want you just to close your eyes and again nothing more I want you to pray in the, pray in the spirit to yourself and if the spirit of God begins to move on you and say what do you want me to do for you then and only then you see, it won't be everybody's moment, but this, may, this is somebody's moment. When the Spirit of God speaks and quickens you, blind Bartimaeus got up, and he came to Jesus. So when the Spirit of God speaks to you, I want you to get up, and I want you to come to this altar. Symbolic of this is where... We're going to meet Jesus right here. This place of surrender, this place of altering. So I, I'm going to hush, and I want them to sing. And I want you to bow in contemplative prayer again, you individually. And when the Spirit of God moves upon you, if this is your moment, I want you to seize it. And I want you to get up, and I want you to come. And to, find, to give to Him. Say, Lord, this is what I need today.
1: to generate
0: as they continue to pray, listen, seize your moment. Some of you today, maybe as a couple, are facing a pretty significant challenge, if you will. While they were singing that song, the Holy Spirit just brought to my remembrance the story of when the children of Israel were led out of Egypt, they come out of a place of captivity, on their way to the land of promise and as soon as they get out Pharaoh changes his mind and the armies of Pharaoh come after the children of Israel and now they're panicking because they're surrounded on, the, on either side of the mountain this, terrain, this red seas in front of them the army's closing in from behind and they're panicking and they're fearful and they don't know what to do and Moses goes to God in prayer and he said steady the people and then he said stand and see the salvation of the Lord and then he said this army that you see today you will not see hereafter see God doesn't do halfway things he does it complete and total and again one more time as they sing that if you're here today and maybe as an individual couple you're facing something that seems insurmountable and you're fearful you don't know what the future holds you don't want tomorrow holds I just want you to hear the word of the Lord stand and see the salvation of your God because this thing that is troubling you right now if you'll trust Him and step out you'll not deal with it any longer He'll take you to a new place, a new level, and you won't have to deal with that anymore. Receive that this morning. Go ahead.
1: the same God you are the same God you touch the lepers then I feel your touch right now you are the same God you are the same God you freed the captives then your are freeing hearts right now you are the same God You are the same God, you touched the lepers then, I feel your touch right now, you are the same God, you are the same God.
0: This has nothing to do with us other than our surrender. It has everything to do with Him. I'm standing on your faithfulness. If you've not figured it out yet, listen to me. He is reliable, dependable. He is faithful and trustworthy. Whatever whatever that moment is that you're seizing right now, He will be faithful to bring it to completion in your life. Don't let anybody talk you out of it. Don't let any feeling or any sensation convince you otherwise. If the Spirit of God spoke to you and you seized that moment, then you let God fulfill that thing in your life. Listen, church, we have a moment in time right now in our nation, in our communities. Every institution of man has failed us. Everything that we've put confidence in has been jerked out from under our feet but there's one that we can run to and find stability through it all there was a song years ago that says through it all I've learned to trust in Jesus I've learned to trust in God Curly do you know that of course before I pray sing that of course I know I'm putting you on the spot. I don't know it, but you do. Do it all. I learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God.
2: Through it all, through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. Through it all, through it all, I've learned to depend upon His word. One more time, one more time. Through Mm -hmm. trust in Jesus I've learned to trust in God through it all through it all I've learned to depend upon his word you can trust
0: him you can trust him hasn't this been a good day as we close in prayer i want you to lift your hands up to him father today we seize our moment and through it all we trust you lord we may not see what's going on but if we hear it lord let us tune our ears to the supernatural And let us hear what we cannot see. And when we hear it, let us move upon what we have heard. Father, today we've heard your word. And as you pass by, we reach out and we touch, we grab hold. I pray, Father, for those that have seized that moment. Lord, I pray that you would bring it to fruition and completion. Lord, you who began a good work will be faithful to bring it to completion. Lord, be it done. And Father, may we walk in confidence that through it all we can trust you because you are dependable. I ask you to take us out of here today, Lord, fully aware that we have seized our moment, that we have stepped out, we've called out to you, and now you have called out to us. Let us as a church seize our moment, that in this moment in time, in Johnson County, in Cleburne, Texas, may we shine like we've never shown before. May we radiate the truth and love of Christ wherever we go. Father, today may it be a turning point that defines the rest of our existence until you call us home. Now, Father, I pray the heaviness, the kebab of the Holy Spirit rest upon each of us as we go out of this place today. And those that are watching today, may they sense the presence and power of the Holy Spirit upon them. And may we walk as ambassadors of Christ wherever we go I love and bless each one now in the mighty name of Jesus and everybody said amen Amen and amen God bless you thank you for being with us online I look forward to seeing you next time God bless you and I love you